Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for war? We switched it up a little bit. I am now in the Quad Cities right here, face-to-face -face with my guy, my partner in crime, UFC Hall of Famer, Pat Militich. And here is another episode of The Conspiracy Farm, ladies and gentlemen. And today, a very powerful guest that has absolutely blown the lid off of a very, very huge story. Now, if you have been following The Conspiracy Farm in any measure, you have heard us speak about... Operation Gladio B, state-sponsored terrorism, and we've talked about it from a very kind of macro version, a larger version of it. Who we have today, Giliana, Diliana, I'm sorry, Gaitan Sheva, I don't mean to mask your name. Um, she is a Bulgarian reporter who literally blew the lid off of this story, and um, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be very, very fascinating. She's obviously faced repercussions from... Uh, Blowing this story off the blowing the lid off the story, she's been fired. We're gonna introduce her to you and we're gonna let her tell the story because there's nobody else better to tell it than her. First of all, Pat, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Look, we're finally together, actually in the same room right. doing the show, so I'm happy. And and what what better person could we have than Diliana? This is gonna be huge. Mrs. Gaitan Jeva, how are you doing today? Hi Pat, thank you for having me. Hello to America and yes. Absolutely. Well, like I said, you have been on this story since, if I understand it correctly, since December, or maybe around that time. Tell us how you started into this investigation, what you found, and how you found it, and what's happened since you divulged this information. In December of last year, actually in November of last year, I, I, I was covering the Battle of Aleppo. I was in Aleppo. And I was reporting uh, from the battlefields for the Bulgarian media. Then, uh, when the jihadists from Al Nusra Front, uh, for your viewers, I want to stress that Al Nusra Front, this is the Al Qaeda affiliate in Syria, designated as a terrorist organization by the United Nations. So, when the jihadists from Al Nusra Front retreated from their positions in eastern Aleppo, uh, I and my cameraman uh, entered this area, which uh, had been under Al-Qaeda control for about five years. Uh, we got inside nine underground warehouses full of heavy weapons uh, with Bulgaria as their country of origin. I want to stress that I'm Bulgarian. It, it was devastating for me to see these Bulgarian weapons in the hands of terrorists in Syria. Uh, we filmed uh, this evidence, it was uh, the clear evidence that uh, Eastern European weapons were used by jihadists in Syria. When I got back to my home country, I traced back this shipment and it turned out that this shipment was just a small part of a big international criminal scheme involving many, many, many countries. Uh, first, I started tracing the shipments uh, by sea from Bulgaria, from the port of uh, Burgas, this is a um, Bulgarian seaport, to Jeddah, which is the biggest um, port in Saudi Arabia. 
But it turned out that uh, this uh, route is just a small part of the whole scheme uh, which uh, has been used by many countries to supply weapons to jihadists in Syria. Uh, are you familiar, just to interrupt real fast, are you familiar, oh, are you familiar with the, Mar the ship called the Marianne Danica? It supposedly yes, comes yes, out of that yes, area yes, and it yes, runs I that same that route from both. Okay, cool. It's exactly this uh, vessel and uh, it's, uh, uh, it was on the Danish flag at that point. Right. But when I re revealed uh, this route and uh, uh, I uh, disclosed that they used this vessel, suddenly Saudi Arabia changed the vessels and didn't use it anymore. Um, I suppose uh, the reason for me to obtain these leaked documents uh, showing the whole scheme on diplomatic flights because I uh, frequently get this question, why me or why not other journalists, simply because I've been following the Bulgarian uh, shipments to Syria for quite a while. And as you just said, you, you received... Um basically documents that you have verified to be authentic from from basically the Bulgarian government, is that correct? I uh, received uh, documents which were leaked to me by an anonymous Twitter account and uh, the people behind this account uh, uh, didn't get in touch with me anymore after they... You said an anonymous... Me. You got this from an anonymous Twitter account? Yes. Was that anonymous Bulgaria? Yes. Okay. Yes. This okay. is uh, the name of uh, uh, the account, Anonymous right. Bulgaria. Yeah. And my correspondence with this person um, or persons or the people behind this uh, account were in Bulgarian language. Anyway, I will uh, get back to this detail later on, uh, talking about my interrogation. I uh, made, uh, I did uh, research uh, and uh, I uh, reached out to the Azure embassy to Bulgaria, so they confirmed that this uh, documentation was genuine because they were subjected to a cyber attack uh, earlier, and uh, their response uh, was uh, like, uh, yes, we transport, Osirkoi, Azerbaijan, transport uh, weapons on diplomatic flights, but it is okay, this is uh, normal practice. Uh, I published uh, the article confirming uh, the authenticity of this documentation, which was uh, uh, actually uh, a secret uh, correspondence between uh, the Azeri uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, many Azeri embassies around the world, predominantly the Bulgarian uh, embassy, but they forwarded other diplomatic notes and um, letters from other embassies around the world to the uh, letters for Bulgaria. So I uh, was able to follow the whole scheme. Uh, and uh, also there were uh, many letters from the Bulgarian authorities and from other authorities around the world granting this diplomatic clearance uh, to Silkway uh, uh, flights all around the world. So Silkway, of, uh, so, Silk, for, for, for the people that don't know, Silkway Airlines um, is the the airlines company that with the cargo ships that were flying all of the, the weapons into different hot spots around the world. But we want to know, um, is, is Silkway 
owned by an Azerbaijani company or is it truly Saudi owned? It is uh, an Azerbaijani state-run company. Okay. And um, that's why I, I claim that Azerbaijan as a state and its government is uh, uh, wholly and 100% uh, uh, involved in this scheme because their Ministry of Foreign Affairs requested diplomatic clearance for their aircraft, for right. their uh, Silkway Airline uh, company. Okay. Yeah, so it's through these it's through these different diplomatic loopholes that they're able to get these weapons on because through these loopholes those those caches or whatever aren't checked like normal bags or normal uh, shipments or whatever on a plane. So they're utilizing these diplomatic loopholes to facilitate the weapons trade. The thing is that uh, uh, diplomatic uh, clearance means that these flights are not subject to checks, inspections and air bills. So nobody checked these flights and, and uh, no matter what was indicated in the documents, it was heavy weapons. Actually, we, we are not sure what exactly, what quantity, what type of weaponry was transported on, uh, on board of uh, these flights. Furthermore, how the scheme uh, operated, or at least uh, since uh, uh, 2015. I have documents uh, for two, uh, 350 diplomatic uh, flights um, for 2015, 2016, and the current uh, year uh, till Ju Ju June 2017. You said 350? Yes, 350 Is that diplomatic flights for heavy weapons, which were transported uh, uh, with diplomatic uh, cover to different war around the world. Uh, the, the aircraft of Silkway Airlines made different uh, so-called technical uh, landings in different uh, locations. For example, 200 kilometers away from the border with Syria at Injilic military airbase. Uh, I pro uh, you probably know that this is a NATO shared military airbase. Right. Other areas which were very close to the Syrian border. Uh, this is how the weapons reached Syria under diplomatic cover. And uh, uh, what is for me mm, striking now is that uh, nobody asked Silkway Airlines and uh, Azerbaijan to explain why uh, it transported weapons under diplomatic cover. I want to stress that uh, private American companies are working under a secret CIA program, which is not any more secret, for armament and train, uh, training of uh, the so-called Syrian rebels. Right. Uh, these private American companies are working uh, under this program, transported uh, um, many of the weapons on the diplomatic flights. Um, mainly to uh, to Syria because uh, there are many flights to uh, southern Africa as well, yeah. where we all know that uh, this area is war ravaged. There, there are many uh, radical groups uh, operating there as well. So not only for Syria, for Yemen, for southern Africa, Afghanistan, Iraq, wherever you can imagine. The uh, Ukraine. The Ukraine. Well. Yeah. The, the Ukraine. But um, so let me ask you a question in, in terms of the United States government and um, its politicians. Uh, we, we often saw on American news John McCain 
showing up in the Ukraine, showing up in Syria, negotiating arms deals with the free Syrian army, you know, quote unquote. Um, and then suddenly the weapons would obviously be shipped there after the deals were made. Um, I asked a good friend of mine who was in the intelligence business if we were, and this is four or five years ago, I asked, are we arming ISIS? And he said, yes. And NATO is the middleman. NATO's assisting in all of this. Um, maybe you could explain a little bit more how, how NATO was, was getting involved. You mentioned the Free Syrian Army, or oh, this is uh, the official statement of the U.S. government. We arm and we facilitate the Free Syrian Army, the so-called moderate opposition in Syria. I've been covering the Syrian war almost since its beginning, and I have never seen since uh, 2015 uh, a single Free Syrian Army fighter right. on the ground in Syria. Moreover, I interviewed uh, the deputy commander of the so-called Free Syrian Army, but in Turkey, in the province of Hatay, which is located on the border with Syria, but from the Turkish part of the border, not from the Syrian part, because the Free Syrian Army doesn't exist in Syria anymore, and it has not been present in uh, Syria since uh, 2015, I can guarantee you. Uh, with this interview, uh, in the words of Malik Al-Kurdi, the deputy commander of the Free Syrian Army, um, the Free Syrian Army was used just a facade, uh, just like a pretext for uh, the United States and its allies to justify the military aid it uh, sent to radical jihadist group in Syria. Right. He explained that there are two, uh, yet again, I'm citing uh, Malik Al-Kurdi, the deputy commander of the Free Syrian Army, these are not my claims. These are his, uh, his uh, own words uh, set on camera, officially. He said that uh, 15 secret services uh, facilitated and uh, aided uh, Al-Qaeda in Syria, which means uh, Al-Nusra Front. If you remember, if you have uh, watched uh, the videos, propaganda footage, coming out of Aleppo during the siege in 2016, this was Al-Nusra Front operating there. There were no moderate rebels there. This was Al-Qaeda. Yeah. And I, I found Bulgarian weapons, the very same weapons that I, I later later on recognized in the documents, which were leaked to me. I found these weapons in the hands of Al-Qaeda in Syria. So, uh, according to the Free Syrian Army and its deputy commander, these 15 secret services operated um, in two locations, in two headquarters, in Jordan and in Turkey. And this is how the weapons reached Syria. Yeah, so the, you know, the thing is, is the, uh, is there any doubt in your mind? Obviously, Hillary Clinton was the head of the U.S. State Department during this time. John McCain having taken a lot of trips overseas to visit these hotspots and negotiate these deals. Is there any doubt in your mind that the former administration in the United States was unaware of this, or would you say more likely they were absolutely behind it and assisting it to happen? Absolutely. I can give you an example. Uh, when uh, the shipments from Bulgaria started, the, the weapon, uh, weapon supplies, there uh, was a delegation from the Pentagon which um, visited uh, the biggest Bulgarian uh, military plant. 
and uh, the weapons manufactured by this uh, military plant, it is called Vemeze in Bulgaria, uh, the very same weapons, the very same 122mm Grad rockets I saw and filmed in Aleppo, they were manufactured by the same military plant which was uh, and which signed a contract with the Pentagon. They came to Bulgaria and after the uh, visit, the uh, supplies uh, or the weapon supplies started. Yeah, we're talking, but you know, as far as the specifics on the weapons. I think there was everything, some of the documents that we found say everything from small arms to depleted uranium rounds to white phosphorus weapons, correct? Yes, uh, about the, the, uh, the white phosphorus I want to explain because I don't want to, to get this information wrong. The white phosphorus was transported from Bulgaria and from uh, Belgrade in Serbia okay. uh, on diplomatic flights and it was destined on papers for Afghanistan, for uh, police of Afghanistan, have you seen or have you heard of the use of white phosphorus uh, in Afghanistan since uh, 2016? I haven't heard of such uh, white phosphorus use there by uh, uh, their police, but we all heard and we all saw the use of white phosphorus in and uh, in, uh, in in Mosul in Iraq and in Iraq and Syria. And who used this uh, white phosphorus? Right. We all know who used this white phosphorus. Yeah. Would you say um, it was Assad who attacked his own people with chemical weapons or, or al-Nusra? A.K.A. CIA. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I want to talk only with facts. Uh, I yeah. wasn't there at that point okay. in April uh, this year, but I was in Syria when the first chemical attack happened. Uh, it was September 2013, I think. I was there at that point in Damascus, and it was then that the attack, the chemical attack, happened 30 kilometers away from Damascus in the province of Eastern Ghouta. It is very close to Damascus. Right. So I went there to to see myself. What what was going on? I can assure you that there wasn't a, a chemical attack in eastern Ghouta. I don't claim that uh, there wasn't a, at all a chemical attack. I just want to, to stress that this chemical attack wasn't in eastern Ghouta as uh, the footage released by the opposition moderate rebels claimed. This, my investigation find, uh, found out that the kids, the children, uh, filmed uh, dying on camera, suffering from suffocation and from these chemicals, they were uh, they had been kidnapped uh, two weeks earlier by Al Nusra Front, the so-called uh, moderate opposition, which is actually Al Qaeda affiliate. They were kidnapped uh, far away, 400 kilometers away from Damascus in Latakia, the province of Latakia. 250 kids were kidnapped. So you're saying, so you're saying all all of these children that mm -hmm. all the all the footage that went out on United States and worldwide news stations of these children suffocating and dying. All, all I did, and I I was uh, contacted uh, by uh, their relatives, and they told me this is my my child. Uh, he was kidnapped uh, uh, two weeks earlier, oh, uh, and 
and uh, they showed me a, a video, propaganda video, which was published uh, by Al Qaeda on Nusra France. So, and, Al and it's obvious that Al Nusra released the footage. So they were the ones that were there, and they were they had, they had the cameras ready to roll on it. So it's obvious that Al Nusra perpetrated this attack on these children, or or staged it, or whatever. And the fact that the same kids which were uh, kidnapped were on the footage of the chemical attacks, and they were kidnapped, and they weren't uh, in uh, Eastern Ghouta, they were the kids uh, from Latakia, and their relatives uh, recognized uh, their own children. Jesus. All these facts show just one thing, that Al-Qaeda, at that point, uh, uh, there was only Al-Nusra Front and ISIS, uh, hadn't split from uh, Al Nusra, so it was only Al Nusra front at that point. So I claim that yes, Al Nusra front perpetrated uh, this chemical attack, or uh, somehow, uh, somehow um, I don't stage it, uh, staged it. I don't, don't claim that there wasn't a total chemical attack, not at all. But uh, it's suspicious because this attack wasn't in Eastern Ghouta. I came, I checked. On the ground, there wasn't chemical attack. So yeah. yes, this is my opinion. This uh, uh, attack was fabricated and perpetrated by Al Qaeda uh, in order to frame Assad. Uh, yeah. When you when you when you use when you use the term like Al Qaeda, Al Nusra, you know, Al Shabbat, aren't these just kind of interchangeable terms for like whatever kind of theater of operations going on that week? Like these are all essentially. Fighters coming from different parts of the world, Libya, Iraq, the stands, all utilized under a different name each time, but still a proxy force being used to destabilize whatever part of the region of the world they need. Is that, is that kind of an accurate description of all the different monikers of basically the same thing, this proxy army? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, uh, because I interviewed such harists, I know their mentality, or at least I, I tried to understand it. I couldn't, to be honest. Uh, all that claims that these are just mercenaries which uh, who are paid, for me, I don't accept this argument. These are uh, people who are totally brainwashed. Many of them are well-educated. Many of them come from rich families. So they are brainwashed uh, in, by very, for, uh, very sophisticated uh, recruiter, uh, recruitment methods. You sound like you're uh, describing half the United States population, by the way. <laughs> uh, and all these jihadists, uh, actually, they don't think, well, we go to Syria to, to help or to assist the, the CIA uh, program or the, the, the American or the Saudi or the United Arab Emirates uh, goals there. No, they don't think like this. They're totally brainwashed. They're like machines. You, you look at their eyes and you, you see nothing. Their eyes are empty. You, you can't see feelings. You can't see anything. They're like not human beings. They're brainwashed. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like I was saying that they're, I mean, kind of like in America or anybody who's falling under some type of spell, they get to be used as like, I like to call them useful idiots of sorts. They might be believers, but at top, throughout history, we know they're controlled by MI6 ISI, Mossad, CIA. So I agree, there's a whole contingent of, of real believers as we've seen on the news and everything. But unfortunately, oftentimes I say they wouldn't be near as effective had they not received billions of dollars of state assistance from Qatar, Saudi Arabia, etc., etc. Yeah, 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, but their commanders, I'm sure that their commanders are very well aware of uh, the help and assistance uh, granted to these fighters by uh, the, the, uh, the United States and uh, its allies and all, all uh, these secret services because they work together. Uh, how can you explain that uh, fighters from at least 86 countries uh, fled to uh, Syria almost simultaneously. It was so well organized, nobody stopped them. And I interviewed jihadists, uh, how they reached Syria. They explained to me, uh, there's the, the, uh, their uh, um, way and their route was well facilitated uh, by the Turkish uh, the Turkish uh, intelligence uh, agents, they were met at the uh, airport by Turkish agents. They were asked uh, which group do you want to join. Uh, they, and they were sent on buses to the border with Syria without any checks. Then they were uh, showed the uh, way, the route. To, uh, the, uh, through the Syrian border, to cross the Syrian border and to enter Syria uh, without any checks. And they told uh, me, uh, and again I use a quote by one jihadist, uh, he said, the Turkish uh, guards just uh, look at me and my uh, comrades, and they didn't stop us at all, they didn't even fire their uh, guns, something which they, they are obliged to do when they uh, see uh, an intruder and uh, or criminal, somebody who wants to uh, to cross the border illegally. So, uh, absolutely, uh, 100% I agree and I can prove it that uh, these jihadists were uh, very well uh, aided by many countries so that they uh, could go to Syria to fight against the Assad regime and to uh, fulfill the goals of uh, the so-called great powers, which were not present on the ground, actually, but they right. used proxies. And the, and deep, the deep actually, state, as they call it. <clears throat> yeah. well, as, we, as we talked about, and I, you, you spoke with my, a hero of mine, Sibel Edmonds, not too long ago, and, you know, this is so very interwoven, you know, state sponsorship, Former, you know, president, heads of state. You have companies like the U.S. Azerbaijan Chamber of Commerce, you know, headed up by Dick Cheney, Jim Baker, so many different power players, which are still involved in this larger global agenda. Of I think a part of it is like encircling Russia. I think there's a larger chess game at play here that is utilizing terror as as a big tool. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I guess you kind of spoken to it. The the facilitation by just so many different parts of government, former government, it's really hard to pin these guys down and make them accountable when you just got so many different players involved. Yes, I was uh, shocked and I'm very thankful to Sibel and uh, Newspot because um, there was uh, a harsh attack against me by one uh, media organization which turned out to be funded uh, by Soros. And yeah, yeah. Uh, Sibel made uh, uh, something great for me because uh, I'm not aware, I'm a Bulgarian, I'm not an American, I'm not well aware with uh, this political situation uh, here with you. So she did, uh, she carried out an investigation into the 
people behind this smear campaign against my investigation, and it turned out that uh, high-ranking politicians uh, and uh, businessmen and even one uh, arms dealer um, under investigation by FBI and the Justice Department of the United States, they were involved in uh, in this group uh, for friendship with Azerbaijan. And Sibel uh, uh, explained actually how important Azerbaijan is there in the United States. Many people in the United States and in Europe, they hardly have heard of Azerbaijan. It is a small country so far away. and. We have no idea of Azerbaijan, but it turns out that this uh, uh, country is uh, a very key very player. Yeah, have you important. have you heard of the company, the wep the Bulgarian weapon company, uh, Arsenal? Are you familiar with yeah. that? And who's who owns that? We've heard rumors of that of certain politicians being indirectly affiliated with owning. Do you know who owns that company? American politicians, of course. Yeah. Okay, uh, this company, it is private. Uh, it is uh, one, one of the biggest uh, Bulgarian, Bulgarian military plants. Um, uh, it was a state-run company few, uh, maybe a decade ago, but uh, after the privatization in Bulgaria, it's... Uh, uh, the ownership uh, changed. Now uh, the owner, it is Bulgarian, but I know that he uh, frequently travels to the United States. I have heard uh, rumors about uh, offshore companies uh, involved, but uh, the facade is uh, Bulgarian ownership. Uh, I can assure you that uh, weapons manufactured by us now I have uh, seen such weapons on propaganda footage uh, released by the Islamic State in Yemen and in Syria and Iraq as well. So these weapons from us now uh, are there in the hands of uh, the terrorists. <coughs> and um, us now uh, was um, uh, one of the Bulgarian companies uh, which were uh, which had contracts with uh, private American companies under this uh, CIA program. So, anyway, whoever owns this company actually uh, works for CIA under this program. Wow. So, the offshore companies, is there a way, do you know as a journalist, to track down um, who, those, who those companies are and who owns those companies? Uh, it's not enough. Uh, 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 there's always a possibility to find out information mm. right. when uh, when you are an investi investigative journalist. So this investigation is not over. Right. I'm continuing it. So uh, sooner or later, all uh, all the criminals, besides uh, those who are now known. All the politicians, the American politicians, so the businessmen and so on and so on, they will appear sooner or later because somebody must be uh, held uh, accountable. Accountable, exactly, but yeah. People have been killed so far, not only in Syria. Only in Syria, more than 500,000 people have already been killed. What about Yemen? What about uh, Southern Africa and yeah. elsewhere? Along with. <laughs> Along with, Ameri along, along with American, this, um, along with American money. soldiers that have should, should have never been there, and right? And American soldiers and uh, all this money, this taxpayers' money, uh, American taxpayers' money, and uh, your politicians 
should answer you how they spent your money. And uh, you must be called to account. You know, Ideliana, we live obviously in a very distracted world. Everybody, we got so many different things distracted. And just speaking as a Westerner over here in the United States, we're so distracted with just things that just have, in my opinion, just really from fantasy football to just sports in general to just things really of no substance whatsoever. And it's just so easy how these kind of things, numbers like you just mentioned, just a half million in Syria. You know, if that was happening over here, we would lose our mind, just like we did with the recent storms and hurricanes. But we're just so detached and just so disconnected from that. Let me ask you before we let you go, and thank you so very much for your time, and I'll get um, any social networking we can track you down on. What do you find, what's the end game here? I think, you know, going back to the United States arming the Soviets against the Mujahideen, it's all these different wars, fun and game. It's a big chessboard that really lasts multiple decades. What do you see as the end game of, of all of this? These arming of terrorists, regime change in countries we don't like, etc. What do you see is going on here? Large picture. Uh, I think all, all this is uh, a global war between uh, few powers. Uh, the United States, of course, and uh, its allies, Saudi Arabia, against Iran. Uh, now Iran um, plays with Qatar and uh, Turkey, so the configuration is very different at that point. Uh, yes, it is about oil and natural resources, obviously, because the Middle East is uh, so rich in uh, oil and um, and gas, and of course it is uh, about this oh, Afghanistan about. The heroin and so on, but it, uh, most importantly, it is a war uh, to defend Israel because nobody talks about the role of Israel uh, in this war in Syria. I have seen myself in uh, Dara. This is a Syrian uh, city to the south of Syria. I have seen myself how uh, our Nusra Front jihadists were transported on ambulances to Israel to be treated there. So all of this is to protect and to secure uh, Israel as well. It is complicated. This is there's no very complicated, reason. very complicated. So is this? I mean, is this literally with Donald Trump? Um, first of all, we've gotten word that that he has reportedly canceled um, the CIA program to arming the terrorists, and we see Sir, uh, ISIS, Al Nusra, these other so-called, uh, whatever names they're given, retreating in a lot of places and losing ground in Syria. Um, do you think that that's because Donald Trump has actually put an end to arming them and, and helping them out? Do you think that's why they're, they're backtracking? I think uh, behind the scene, I think he uh, reached some kind of agreement with Putin during mm -hmm. their meeting. Yeah. Uh, so that they, uh, they read on... Uh, the areas of uh, influence they would have in this area. And uh, I am happy with this decision. I was surprised, but very happy with uh, his decision. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that the United States uh, will not antagonize further with Iran. And this would be a huge problem. Because yeah. Iran is very powerful there in the Middle East. And I have seen their uh, revolutionary guards commanders uh, in Syria. I can assure you that they are false. That is hard to, to be ignored. 
Right. Through and, the uh, uh, allies uh, from Hezbollah, the and, military wing of Hezbollah. Yeah, we so, heard, we, um, heard, we heard a... It's hard to make a prediction. Yes, the, the war in Syria, it is almost over. It is winding down and we are all looking forward to the end of this war. Absolutely. It's obvious, but what, what happens next? Where all these jihadists, uh, where, where will they go? Probably this would be Afghanistan and mm -hmm. uh, Pakistan and uh, Southern Africa. We'll see. And uh, I'm sure the weapon supplies, uh, the, flow of the weapons will continue. So, wherever there's uh, chaos, wherever there's profit to be made from war, we'll find it. You know, we're finding mm -hmm. the, the Uyghurs, the radicalized Chinese over in Western China. We're seeing ISIS now down in the Philippines, which I think is a part of a larger a militarization of the South Pacific area with China and different trade deals, so there's definitely a lot going on. Definitely the, the weapon supplies will never stop. This is what I, I, I can uh, assure you will happen. Will they, no matter where they go, no will, matter who fights who, the will, weapon supplies, this is the dirtiest, uh, the bloodiest business. Because it is business with uh, the death of children, and uh, I hope that people, not only in the United States, everywhere, uh, I hope they will press our government so that these weapon supplies stop, otherwise uh, we will not live in peace. And these jihadists came, uh, and for sure some of them uh, will come back home. Okay. So what happens with... Yeah, first, people, I, first I wanted to ask you, what, um, number one, will there still be weapon shipments out of Bulgaria? Do you think that that will continue, or will they switch to another location um, to get to get rid of the the scrutiny? Uh, the diplomatic flights uh, stopped. Okay. Um, in June. In June, sure right? They had stopped uh, for the time being. Right. From Bulgaria. So Trump actually did shut it down. Yeah. Yes, for, for sure. Well, they they have stopped uh, for the time being. All right. Uh, but. This doesn't mean uh, they will not continue uh, at one point when they need it. Right. And then also, um, in your mm -hmm. investigative work, and you spent time in Syria also, I got footage from a friend of mine who's a former Russian Spetsnaz uh, Special Forces soldier, and he sent me a video of organ harvesting from children, from toddlers. Um, were you made aware of all this stuff that was going on also? I have heard of uh, such cases in Turkey. I, I have not heard of such cases in Syria, but I can assure you uh, what's going on with the children, refugee children in Turkey and Jordan, it is unimaginable. Uh, there are children subject to uh, illegal trafficking, yeah. prostitution. Some of them are forced to marry at the age of 7 or 10, to marry uh, rich uh, Saudi and Qatari uh, men coming just to, sorry for my language, just to have sex with them. Yeah. And uh, these children are so poor and their families uh, sometimes literally sell them for money, for $100. Can you imagine? It's not about money. Can you imagine sell your child for sex? If someone, if, uh, if, if someone, that's the thing, if someone asked me to sell my child to them for sex, I would stab them in the chest. I, I can't imagine what should happen to you to do it. And even uh, no matter what has happened to you, why, why do it? 
Right. Uh, anyway, this is uh, uh, this is a part for another investigation, and uh, we should uh, be aware of all these crimes. Well, yeah, we uh, talk about it a lot on the show. The rat lines—you got you trading in people, money, drugs, weapons, people's organs, and then you've got all these huge financial institutions that are washing the proceeds from this. You know, and then you enter your Clinton Global Initiative, your Clinton Foundation. That you know these these benevolent causes masking very very nefarious activity. All of this. Uh, these crimes, they are uh, implication of all these wars. It is uh, connected. Uh, you can't separate uh, the, the suffering and the crimes uh, against uh, refugees and uh, civilians. You can't separate them from the weapon supplies. It is the same. Right. If the, if, uh, the weapon supplies uh, stopped the, the war in Syria or elsewhere, in Yemen, in, in uh, right. South Sudan, they would also stop. This is the way how we, we should do it. Yeah. Stop the supplies. Yeah, so one one question, we I don't know if you can talk about it, but I wanted to get this out, um, if you can talk about it, like I said. When you were interrogated by Bulgarian special police, can you tell us about that process? Yes. Uh, uh, they were asking me about uh, my sources, the sources of... Uh, information I provided uh, publicly, they weren't interested at all in the content of this document and uh, in my findings in Aleppo. Nobody, neither the Bulgarian prosecutors nor the Bulgarian National Security Agency even wanted and asked me to provide the footage from Aleppo, which is clear evidence that Bulgarian weapons were smuggled to terrorists in Syria. They just did not want to um, to investigate this, and now uh, they've been investigating my sources. This is what they're doing. So, can people find where? Where can people go to find the footage of those weapon caches that you guys filmed? Did you put that on YouTube? Uh, is it, it is yeah. yes, it is in uh, it is put on YouTube uh, and uh, I also embedded link to this YouTube uh, video and report uh, uh, in my article which is uh, published uh, on Twitter as well. Okay. Yeah. Where else can we find you, Diliana? We're gonna let you slide here because I know it's late where you're at. You're eight hours ahead, so thank you so much for staying up with us. Let us know where we can track you down on social media. Where can we get a hold of you? And I will attach a link to all of these to the video as well. Uh, uh, I'm uh, easily reachable and people can contact me anytime on Facebook and Twitter. Now I'm still jobless. Uh, I'm uh, doing a big investigation uh, with the help of uh, Newspot. I think people will watch it soon. Yeah, I think we need to get you a job somewhere in, in America on uh, some alternative media. Uh, very, very thankful for all your support, really. Well, we thank you. Obviously, these any of these third rail investigations, people can get hurt, and they do. So please stay safe. We commend your courage, and thank you so much for taking the time with us today. And as your investigations keep uh, developing, you are welcome back here absolutely any time. Absolutely. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure. Thank, right. you. thank you. This thank has you. been Diliana Gaitanjeva, ladies and gentlemen. She's one of the good guys, one of the good gals, as it were. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned. There will be more. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Thank Juliana. Thank you. Wish you luck. Keep okay. in touch. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Good night. Now, how cool was that, ladies and gentlemen? Episode one in the can. Well, at least episode one in studio in the can. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope the sound was okay. 
Yeah, you guys are going to give us an applause? Uh, Yay! Juliana, come on, man. Juliana, thanks on Jayba, dude. She's a warrior, man. She is definitely putting her shit on the line because... Uh, so she implicated everybody from Hillary Clinton State Department, McCain, a lot of other politicians are going to come out. Uh, right? Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney's a part of this U.S. Chamber of Commerce, NATO. Dude, this is... Yeah. The rabbit hole goes deep. Like we tell you all the time, nothing, nothing is as it seems, ladies and gentlemen. You got to do your digging for yourself, man. Yeah. Do not listen to mainstream media or listen to them just to see how the other half is living. Right. Just to see how full of shit they are. You got to have your bullshit meter <laughs> on because Danny Dipshit in the field will be definitely trying to steer your mind in a wrong direction. So, so Jeff, tell us about this bullshit. <laughs> it stinks and we have plenty of it for you. Thank you, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this. This is just the elementary phase of Conspiracy Farm TV, ladies and gentlemen. Going to be knocking out the kinks. We uh, obviously are working with the space we're working with here in the champ's office, but I kind of like it how it's setting up here. Kind of homey. Yeah, but we're going to need some upgrades, and like I say all the time, ladies and gentlemen, we need all your help you can get, ladies and gentlemen. PayPal, let's see if we can find it here. We can have you a, find it? Yeah, we do. I actually have it right here. If you guys can do anything you can, man, paypal.me front slash the conspiracy farm. There it is right there. Every little bit can help, ladies and gentlemen. We are yes. in over a hundred countries. We have tens of thousands of listeners. If, if all of you guys gave a dollar, we would have the flyest show online. But anything you can give you because guys. Because we want to go to location. We are. That is the we plan. That is location. the plan. We're going on, on the road. Investigate this stuff. Question people. Yes. Get after it, right? And get, you know... Get get feedback from the residents of whatever conspiracy is going on. We have we have big plans, ladies and gentlemen. So all the help you can give. It's a grassroots operation. We're top, not taking money from the the uh, the assholes of the world, the the agencies, the corporations, the foundations. We need money, money from the people for the people. Exactly. So PayPal.me front slash the conspiracy farm. Peace and so much love, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.